as we reflect tonight. I'm going to use the second reading for this second uh, Sunday of Advent that we heard at our masses this weekend. And it's a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you, for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God, in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in the order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. The word of the Lord. The words that uh, focus uh, us uh, this evening from this reading is, may the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with, with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice Glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, living in harmony, you know, glorifying God together, and welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And so the focus of this second uh, Sunday of Advent is all about this sense of peace. And this second reading reminds us of this sense of peace and harmony and unity and community. And so that's the, the focus of uh, my reflection for uh, this evening. But I will remind you uh, what I talked about on last week in the first session, the difference between a present and a gift, because we're celebrating the gifts of Advent. A present is something that we give with an expectation of something in return. And, and I mentioned in the first reflection about the um, Parish envelopes is a present. We give you something, and we, respect, we expect something in return. Some things in the envelope. Well, the envelopes are out now at all our churches, I believe. So there's the first present of Christmas. And of course, a gift is something that we freely give without expecting anything in return. You know, you give a gift to someone because you appreciate their friendship. It's a gift. You know, there's a gift in giving, right? There's a grace in giving. You give it without any expectation. You're just happy to see them uh, enjoy that gift. You know, not expecting, well, I, I gave them a $40 gift and they only gave me a $10 gift. Next year, I'm not getting them a present. All right, that's the difference. You give, and you don't expect anything. You just give of yourselves. And I think that's important as we go through this series, The Gifts of Advent, we take a look at what God is giving us, you know, freely, without attachment, for our benefit, so that we can be fully alive, and that's so important for us. And so, 
we're going to be looking at this uh, gift of peace. Last week was the gift of hope, the gift of peace. And what does that really mean for us? There's this, and I'm going to look at it, there's this sense of internal peace and external peace. There's this embracing what is right. And then also this sense of uh, active, constant effort that is necessary to really embrace this gift of peace. Now, peace is not something that is very simple or very easy to acquire, to maintain, uh, and to give. Right? And yet it is, it's essential for us as we prepare our hearts at Christmas for the Prince of Peace. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a practical uh, example, which I call the referee of peace. Just this fall, I returned back to refereeing basketball uh, since the pandemic. So I've started refereeing basketball in Chatham and when I have a chance to referee in, in London. And actually this past Friday and Saturday, I refereed two games on Friday and two on Saturday and I'm still sore because it's been a long time and I'm out of shape. But I did survive and I'm still standing here, which was good. Um, but, the, you know, when I was thinking about this sense of peace, this kind of internal and external reality that we need to have for peace to exist in our lives, but through the gift of our faith, kind of want to explain it to you in, in the realities of my officiating. The first one is, I, the picture is the cover of the FIBA International Basketball Federation's rule book. Okay? So every year to be certified as a referee, you have to do an exam. It's online now. 50 questions uh, to pass, to be able to do, you, you need to get about 80%. So you have to do it. So I wrote it on, on Monday, uh, last Monday, and I passed. Thank you very much. Uh, and so I can referee this year. There's a thing that for a referee, for me to go into a game, to have internal peace, I need to know the rules. Right? Since being out of refereeing basketball for a couple of years because of the pandemic, some of the rules changed from that time to now. Because they're looking to constantly improve the game. And in fact, uh, these international rules of basketball tries to keep the referee out of the game. Only when necessary does a referee intervene. And so the rules constantly change and adapt to make sure that we're trying to maintain that really uh, distance or separation so that let the teams play within the rules. So I had to catch up on not only what the changes were, but why the changes took place. And then knowing the rules is just is not enough. You have to know how to interpret and how to apply the rules during the game. Because basketball is kind of a game where you don't just, um, uh, you know, uh, penalize when uh, players when infractions occur but you have to kind of let the flow of the game and talk about advantage and disadvantages and sometimes there's times where you don't make the call you know when it doesn't really interfere with the play so there's a lot of judgment calls to be made so going back to refereeing I had to also remember the rules that I used to remember before I stopped so there is 
there is a sense of slowly gaining some peace of reading the rule book, and then there's a, another book that talks about interpretations that gives you scenarios, and then you kind of go over them again and again. And so you kind of, you know the rules because the worst thing a referee can do is in a game, something happens and you don't know what to do. And so there's this sense of uh, internal peace. Same thing with the reality of our faith. It's not just good enough to know the rules or know the Ten Commandments or memorize scripture passages, which is good to do. But we need to know what the meaning behind them is and what, how Christ wants to guide us in that. So there is this need for internal peace. Then there's external peace. And what in refereeing world is called game management. It's a big word in officiating basketball. What does that mean? It means that things have to have some kind of control and framework. You can't leave it up to the coaches or the players. The referee has to be able to do that. So the referee has to try to keep external peace. So again, what does that mean? You know, for me, you know, every time I'm refereeing here in Chatham, I'm refereeing with someone new, someone I've never refereed with before. So we meet and we chat. You know, what, what are you going to cover? How are we going to do this? There's some basic common principles, you know, on, on how to referee, but you want to get comfortable with, you know, where we're going to be, how we're going to make the calls and things like that. So that's part one. But then you talk to the coaches, you know, addressing anything before the game, but also during the game if they have questions. And then also the players throughout the game. Sometimes you can do preventative officiating by when you're seeing some things going on, but you're not going to call it during a timeout or a break. You might go to the player and say, you know what, you got to be careful on that because next time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a call. And so you don't want to have to make calls. So you try to do everything. Even sometimes during the game, someone's pushing, I'll take the whistle out of my mouth and tell them, hey, back off, take the arms off. And that to pre do some preventative and to keep the peace. Now, one of the games on Saturday, there was not a lot of peace from the coaches and uh, I knew they didn't know I was a priest, because if they did, I think they would have thought a little bit more. But anyway, but so there's this sense of game management of trying to keep the peace, to keep the game flowing, to not interfere, but try to uh, kind of encourage the, a fair game, a fair play, but also, again, keeping this, this sense of uh, harmony for the game to be played. And it's, it's, it's a difficult kind of uh, tightrope walk to, to try to do that the best way you can. Sometimes you're not going to win uh, on some of that, but you can make some efforts and strategically kind of look at things and work with the players and the coaches. And then throughout the game, you're talking to your partner. What did you call here? Did you see that? You know, this one, you know, is, is having difficulty or I've warned the coach on this. And then you kind of, there's constant motion, constant activity to manage the game so that everyone has a good experience. And so there's the external actions that I have to do when I'm officiating to make sure that kind of all the pieces fall into place. And for us to have peace, we need that internal peace of our spiritual lives, but also then to be, in a sense, those peacemakers, you know, in our, in our external, in our families, um, in our workplace, of course, in our parish communities, there is this encounter with the world that we try to offer that sense of peace. And so some quotes from the, the saints on peace that echo that kind of dual reality, that internal and external sense of peace. 
St. Thomas Aquinas, true peace consists in not separating ourselves from the will of God. You want peace in your hearts? Stay close to the Lord. You want to uh, have that sense of consistency, have that sense of strength. As we gather tonight before the Blessed Sacrament, we need to stay close to the Lord. Because we know when we're separate from him, it's disaster. When the storms come, the storms toss us over. And so it's so important for us to stay close to the Lord. This is echoed with St. Francis de Sales. We shall steer safely through every storm so long, so long as our heart is right, our intentions fervent, our courage steadfast, and our trust fixed on God. St. Francis de Sales is the patron saint of shopping. De Sales. It's not my joke, it's Cardinal Collins' joke. So, in Toronto, he was a big fan of St. Francis de Sales. But we know that we will go through storms. We know we will go through sufferings. We know we'll go through difficulties in our lives, but through those storms, you know, heart is right, knowing that we have to long for the Lord, having that courage and trust fixed on God. Because sometimes, unfortunately, when we go into those storms, we rely on ourselves, and then we get lost. What does this mean? How can we stay close to the Lord? Here and now, practical terms. Well, first, our own personal prayer life, praying every day. Many of you pray the rosary or the divine mercy, or take time, quiet time in the morning or in the evening to just sit and reflect and pray. Maybe read the scriptures, the daily readings. Our personal spiritual lives, our spiritual exercise gives us strength. So that's, we need to do that. And if those of you who don't do that, it's as simple as picking up the Bible or living with Christ book, read the readings of each day, and just think about what, what the Lord is trying to say to each of you each of us in that time of prayer. You don't have to be praying three hours a day, but making that space and making that room where we're attentive to listening to the Lord is super important. Of course, the gift of the Eucharist, coming to Mass, receiving Holy Communion, but most importantly, becoming what we receive, becoming Christ whom we receive, who dwells in our hearts to become him is most important. Receiving him is not enough. We receive him, we have to become him. So uh, the celebration of the Eucharist gathers us together as one community of faith, especially on the weekends, to be able to be fed and nourished and strengthened, but also to become you know, Christ in this world. The Sacrament of Reconciliation, there'll be opportunities for that this evening, and of course throughout the season of Advent, to experience Christ's mercy and love. We need that. And again, to be forgiven so that we may forgive. To receive mercy and to know how that feels, how that changes our hearts, to then be a dispenser or a giver of mercy, forgiving our neighbor, forgiving our family member, forgiving our spouse or our children, our siblings, other parishioners. Now that's the fulfillment of that uh, grace in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. I have the logo of our family parishes up because I think we want to stay close to the Lord in our spiritual lives and kind of in our hearts. 
we need to be involved in our family of parishes in what ways we can. And that's either volunteering, but also participating in the different events and ministries and programs and outreach that we have so that we encounter others. You know, even this afternoon, we had an amazing St. Nicholas event at the Spirit and Life Center where a number of families came. We had a number of volunteers and a number of people that I know I have not met since I've been here in Chatham. One gentleman came up and said, you know, my kids go to one of our Catholic schools. I, I'm not part of the parish at this point, but I want to thank you for offering this opportunity to be here. This was very, very nice. And he had to find me because I was not dressed as a priest this afternoon. I was wearing a sweatshirt and track pants and walking around and talking to the families and, and again, thankful to our amazing volunteers and staff. But you know, being involved, being engaged, and connecting with one another draws us close because we help each other uh, along this way. So that's that sense of this internal peace that we seek from God. St. Teresa of Calcutta, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. You know, we can have inner peace, but this external sense of peace could be very difficult because it does take effort to reconcile and to be at peace and the fact that we connect with one another. And sometimes those connections are not always good ones, believe it or not. Sometimes we're mean to one another. Sometimes we're jealous. Sometimes we take joy at the sufferings of others. Sometimes we use people to get what we need. And that's not real peace. And so we need to be reminded that in the end, we're all reliant on each other. We're all interconnected. We all need one another. And in that, we need each other's support to be able to offer and to experience peace. St. John Paul II said this about, about a sense of peace. And we have to be careful how we look at that. He said, opting for peace does not mean a passive acquiescence to evil or a compromise of principle. It demands an active struggle against hatred, oppression, and disunity, but not by using methods of violence. Building peace requires creative and courageous action. Peace does not mean no war. Peace is not something that is passive because we could talk to no one and not connect with anyone but still not be at peace with one another. It's not a passive reality where, well, there, we, we, there is no sense of conflict, then there must be peace. St. John Paul II is not saying that. No. Peace does not mean a passive acquiescence. It demands active struggle. Now, peace requires creative and courageous action and constant action, right? Just like seeking peace for our hearts, sacrament of reconciliation, we need to have peace with one another, dialogue. And how does that get lived out? St. Francis of Assisi, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace, where there is hatred, let me sow love, where there is injury, pardon, where there is doubt, faith, 
where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. To be able to build peace involves action. What action? Love, forgiveness, faith, hope, light, and joy. Pope Francis uh, said this on November 1st of this year, on the uh, Solemnity of uh, All Saints in his Angelus Address. He said, we all long for peace, but often what we want is not really peace. It is to be at peace, to be left in peace, to have no problems, but rather tranquility. Jesus instead does not call the calm blessed, those who are in peace, but those who make peace and strive to make peace, the builders, the peacemakers. Indeed, peace must be built, and like any construction, it requires effort, collaboration, patience. Pope Francis is echoing what St. John Paul II has said in the saints that we're called to be peacemakers. It takes a great effort, and it's not about just not having problems or not having a sense of conflict, but this inner peace of staying close to the Lord, this harmony, and this external peace in which we engage the world, our neighbors, parishioners, strangers, the poor, the suffering, the lonely, the afraid, those whom... Um, those who don't like us, those whom we don't like, we constantly look to reconcile, to renew, to forgive, and to collaborate and to build relationships so that we can have real peace, where we do recognize one another as brothers and sisters. And that's how the world changes. That's how the world is transformed. That's how the world is renewed. And so as we take time to pray and as we gather together tonight here in the church, here at St. Ursula's and those praying with us online, we look for that peace, that internal peace that we need through prayer, through the reception of the sacraments, through building our relationship with the Lord so that we can hear his, recognize his voice and listen to his voice. We need that. And that's really the role of our parish communities to foster this sense of a relationship with the Lord in that internal peace. But also our parish communities help with this external sense of peace that we work together as the five churches work together in our family for this one goal of proclaiming the good news, of building peace like construction workers, being accurate, working very hard, and those uh, building pieces are our relationships with one another. Where there is suffering, where there is uh, a degradation of relationships, we seek that humility to seek forgiveness, to resolve conflicts, and to really be peacemakers. So in our time of prayer now and reflection, we can think about you know, where am I not in peace in my relationship with the Lord? Where do things need to be build, built up? 
Maybe some renovations need to happen to kind of take a look at those opportunities. Am I praying enough? Am I praying well? Am I opening my heart? Am I listening to the Lord in that sense of what else could I do more in the, in the remaining weeks of Advent to make sure Christmas welcomes Christ in our hearts? And then the external uh, you know, opportunities, peace. I, you know, every time after I refereed, and, and the one game this, this weekend was a really tight game, so the tensions were high. And it was expressed to us, those tensions. And you always wonder, what could I have done a little bit different to try to manage that better? I think we handled it okay. But to reflect on what could I have done a little bit differently to make sure that game management, you know, addressed the things to, so that there was peace despite those tensions. Because peace doesn't mean everything's smooth, everything's perfect, we have nothing to worry about. True peace is in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of crisis, that there is this calm, there is this inner peace that is expressed in the external reality as well that we can bring peace to situations. We can calm the storms, but it takes constant effort, constant focus, and of course, God's grace.